0: The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. We are continuing with the message a Foundation for a Good Life. I believe that Jesus came to give us a good life. And if you look into what Jesus delivered to us from his Father, you can actually experience that good life. Uh, Chaplain James, it's good to have you here. I'm surprised. (laughs) It's good to have you as the chaplain for our prison ministry. It's good to have you. Put your hands together. Amen. So we have uh, this foundation. And I'm drawing from the Word of God, uh, from Matthew chapter 5. The Be Attitudes, so to speak. But the Be Attitudes are really foundations for living. If you want to live a good life. And notice the Bible tells us in Acts that Jesus was sent to bless us. So Jesus actually came to bless us, not to curse us. He never came to condemn. He said, That's not my ministry. I didn't come to condemn. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And so he showed us in Matthew chapter 5 the way to. Have a solid foundation for a good life. And if we follow through, and believe me, these are actually graces from God. It's not something that you can wake up and say, well, I want to develop this. It's not going to work that way. It takes grace from God. And God is willing to give grace. And the scripture tells us, He gives more grace. God wants to give grace. You just have to want it. That's not difficult. All you have to do is desire it. And the Bible says you will have it if you desire it. If you don't desire it, then God will not bother with you. He'll let you have what you desire. But if you desire these graces from God, God will deliver it to you. Because the graces, the way Jesus starts it, is blessed. You are blessed if you desire it. You are blessed if you are that type of person. You are blessed. And then there is a reward for it. And the very first one it tells us is that blessed at the poor in spirit basically you know i need god i can't make it in life without god i need god there are many out there that don't realize that they need god and that's a sad thing really sad because everyone needs god but they don't realize that they need god but when you realize notice it didn't say blessed at the poor That's Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. He never said that. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's in your spirit that you're poor. And you need God. If you are that, he says, the kingdom of God will be delivered to you. Not when you get to heaven, but here to begin to live a life of the kingdom right here with God in your life, the king of kings in your life. And where the king is, is the kingdom. (laughs) And so you become the kingdom of God and God rules in your life. And so that's the first thing. And then he said, blessed are they that mourn. Because once you realize, I don't have it. I need God. There is this sadness because of what Jesus did to provide his goodness to you. There is that sadness that what I did put him up there. I need help. God forgive me. And God says, when you do that, he will comfort you. God say, Jesus himself t- tells us, I believe in, in uh, Isaiah 61, the reason why he came to give us beauty for ashes those that mourn to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning so it gives you the oil of joy you are comforted because you mourned and now once you mourn and you have this oil of joy and God begins to transform your life according to Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 he became sin now you become the righteousness of God and then verse 17 says, "If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Now you are becoming a child of God, having God's own nature, and so you are blessed because you are meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek people. I said last Sunday. I'm kind of recapping right briefly. The meek last Sunday. I said the meek is strength." under control not weakness the meek they submitted their will to god to the word of god to god's will for their lives they'll do whatever god tells them to do they won't resist but also they are very kind and gentle meek and gentle to fellow man and because they are gentle people love to be around them because they make them feel good about themselves the far- sinners, well, uh, publicans and sinners, uh, they never went to the Pharisees. They were scared of them. Because they claimed to be holy. But they were comfortable around Jesus. Why? Because he was the meek one. They were comfortable around him. They wanted to be in his presence. And in his presence, they don't want to say the same. They want to change. They want to be like him. So the blessed... Blessed are the meek, because they inherit the earth. They can enter into any kind of relationship. And blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God gives you that righteousness of God. And I said last last week, uh, when you become righteous with God, God surrounds you with favor as with a shield. That's uh, Psalm 5, verse 12. God surrounds you with favor as with a shield. Today I want to talk about the foundation of mercy. Once you've been all of these that I've mentioned, it's like a mountain climbing. A mountain climbing. The higher you go, beginning from the pouring spirit, you're getting closer and closer to God. And what's happening in your life, you're becoming more and more like God with the authority that God has given as you climb higher. Now, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's in Matthew chapter 5 verse 7. Blessed are the merciful blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy notice the word that is used blessed are the merciful full of mercy that's us that's us full of mercy the christian is supposed to be full of mercy blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy mercy is, in my mind, the firstborn of goodness. Mercy is the firstborn of goodness. You remember the scripture, how God anointed His Son with the Holy Spirit and power. What did He do? He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And when you look at Jesus healing people, most of the time he will look at the crowd and they'll have mercy. Remember, we come into that. That's what it is. Mercy. So you've twenty eight times in in the Psalms, this scriptures I mean this statement was made. Very for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and then he will tell you something again about god how great god is and then he says for the lord is good and what is mercy endures forever and then he'll tell you some other aspects of what god does and then he goes back again and he says the same refrain for the lord is good and his mercy endures forever mercy that's who god is that's why you read in the scriptures His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every single morning. God never runs out of mercy. We need mercy. And God never runs out of mercy. He is very merciful. No matter what you've done, God will have mercy. He will have mercy. And sometimes He says, for His name's sake. He will have mercy. God is a God of mercy. You know, there's a scripture here that says in, in, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus uh, was walking around and then uh, he went by a, a tax collector's office and saw Matthew. Now we call him Saint Matthew, right? But he was not a saint then. He was a, t- a tax collector and a sinner. If you have it. And I don't know why they called him that, but that's the way they called him in their time. It was a tax collector. And he never ever thought he would ever be around somebody like Jesus. Because he never those tax collectors, they didn't even bother about going to church. They knew they were hated. They they all not just the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I mean, you know, sad, you see. All of them. They hated them. They were sad, you see. <laughs> and the Pharisees, they see from far, okay. They hated the tax collectors. And rightly so. And the guys said, we don't care. We got money, you can hate us. We don't care. We still have the kind of people today. We got money, we don't care. But then they started hearing about this Jesus. And the miracles and all of that. And I'm sure somewhere in in Matthew's heart, he was wishing, oh wow, I wish I could be around that man. You see, he was different. Jesus was different from the rest of them. Every rabbi that they seen, they wanted to be around him. And here he was doing his business, not a right business. And here Jesus walked by and said, hey, Matthew, he knew his name. He knew who Matthew was. Never met him before, but he knew him. He called him, Matthew, come over, follow me. And I'm sure Matthew said, wow, he knows my name. Wow, I've got to follow him. I'm not collecting taxes. Money doesn't mean anything to me. I'll stay with this guy. I'm going with him. And Matthew, he left. He told his friends, what they call uh, tax collectors and sinners, all of them. And he said, hey, guess what? Jesus has asked me to go with him. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're kidding. Right? You mean Jesus of Nazareth? The one we're hearing about? That's gospel according to good luck, okay? <laughs> I'm just making you see because that's what happened. He had, he, had a, he had a feast for Jesus. He prepared dinner for Jesus to celebrate the day he was brought near to the very God that created the whole world. He was excited. And so he told all of his friends... And they say, "Ah, if he will accept Matthew, we can be around him as well. And so they all came. And they were eating with Jesus. And Jesus was at the table with them. And guess what? He wasn't preaching. He was just eating with them. Isn't that amazing? But in his presence, they wanted to be just like him. He's a different kind. And that's what God wants us to be. Blessed are they merciful for they shall obtain mercy and so the Pharisees when they saw that they started questioning uh, uh, the disciples and in verse uh, verse, uh, 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 10 here they started saying actually verse 11 and when the Pharisees saw it they said to his disciples they won't talk to Jesus they talked to the disciples Why does your teacher or master eat with tax collectors and sinners? Not preach to them. That's why I said he wasn't preaching to them. He was eating. When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. You know I've said this several times, the churches are hospital. You heard me say that? That's what he's saying there. The church is a hospital. The problem we're dealing with, the sickness is sin. We go in and Jesus is the physician. We go in to get well. We are all in different stages of wellness. I don't have to look down my nose as what God's doing in your life i let you be. The master, the physician is taking care of you. He knows what to do with you. I don't. I'm not the physician. All I can do is encourage you. I can say to you, you know, when I got here, I was worse than you were when you came. And look at me now. That's testimony, right? That's testimony. Look at what God has done in my life. And then so the desire to do that. You have compassion on them. Jesus says those who are well, they don't need a physician. But those who are sick. Then he said this word. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy. Not religious, regal. What I need from you is Mercy. What I want all Christians to have is mercy. That's God because He is good and His mercy endures forever. I desire mercy, not religious rigor. It's amazing how the church, and it's been said, that's the only army where they kill their wounded. These guys are saying, why does, why does he eat with sinners? <laughs> they are also sinners, right? They just can't see that they are sinners as well. So, claiming to be on the right side, and claiming to be on the holy side, they have been unholy. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Sometimes you get questions. Well, he's like this or she's like that. So why is he there? Why would Jesus allow Judas to be one of the twelve? Didn't Jesus know he was a thief? That was top leader. But he let him be there. Until he went to the cross. He was giving him a second chance and a third chance and a fifth chance. Hoping that one day Judas will hear. Sometimes Jesus was very direct. One of you is the devil. But he didn't listen. He still gave him chance. That's what God wants us to have. Compassion for those that come in among us. Those that are outside. Because he told us his mission statement. I came to seek. To save. To save. So we have to imbibe that into us and do exactly the same with compassion. You know the word "rakom" that's in the, in the Hebrew, but that word actually means compassion and mercy. God has compassion on people. Matthew 14 verse 14. It says And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion for them. And guess what he did? He healed their sick. Compassion is filled with the desire to make the one that's suffering better. Not rejoice when they're suffering. Not rejoice when they're having a hard time. But you want to take that pain away from them. If it were possible, you want to change the situation. And God says, I want you to be just like that. Because you will need mercy someday. Blessed are they, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The man that was sick, remember him, blind, two of them, he says in the scriptures. I mean, what was he saying to Jesus? Son of David. Have mercy on me. Notice the Jews understand. Mercy means healing. Mercy means deliverance. Mercy means change. So God's telling us, have mercy on them. When you are merciful, you pray. When you see them hurting, you are on your knees. You will even fast for them because you want to see change in their lives. That's what God wants us to be. To have mercy. Not criticize. Mercy. Mercy. Push mercy. So that we continue to see people's lives change. He wants us to touch lives. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. When you begin to show mercy. I mean, if I see you with a light, big light bulb on your head. And you are telling me I'm the light of the world. You got it wrong, brother. That's not what he's talking about. They got it wrong. But when you touch somebody's life with compassion, when they are sick in the family and they hate you because you go to church, but you go to them when they are sick and you stay with them all night long. They are thinking in their head, we wonder why he's doing this. And as they cry, you cry with them. Wow, this is serious. We're not even members of your family and you're crying with us. The next day they're thinking he's not going to come back. But then you bring them something to eat and you sit with them. Guess what? They want to go to church with you. Amen. They've been cursing you out for a while. Now the cursing, that's ended. They want to go to church. That's what God is saying. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. They shall obtain mercy. Do you know what the throne of God is called? You know, God is seated on a throne in heaven. In the Old Testament, uh, at the ark. Where is the throne? Where does God? The mercy seat. God sits on the mercy seat. That's why He is merciful. And if you are merciful, you will obtain mercy. And we are merciful because God has saved us. That's why we know this. Goodness and mercy shall follow me when all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You only can say that. Believe me, you can't fool God. Hello. You can quote it like they say, you know, make your confession. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. But you have not been merciful. And you haven't obtained mercy. You're just talking. You obtain mercy. According to Jesus. Blessed are the mercy. Full of mercy. For what? They shall obtain mercy. And if you obtain mercy. Guess what? Mercy follows you. I like to dance. You don't have to pray. He follows you. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell. When when you have goodness and mercy following you, no doubt about it, you will dwell in the house of your God forever. Forever. So Jesus blessed us with mercy. Blessed at the merciful. Full of mercy. For they shall obtain mercy. He says, obtain mercy. What does that mean? Obtain mercy. When you obtain mercy, everything is transformed. When God shows mercy on you, everything is changed. Don't matter where you've been. Don't matter what you've done. It's changed. That's why the man cried out, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood calling. And people said, you're not going to be blind anymore. He's calling for you. Things will change when He has mercy on you. The throne of God is called the throne of grace. Mercy is born out of goodness, which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Goodness is born from love. If you don't love, you can't be good. God is good because God is love. God is good because God is love. But when you obtain mercy, you get whatever you need from God. The Bible tells us this. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly to what? The throne of grace. Where you go into the throne of grace to do that, you may obtain mercy. See, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and find, what? And find grace to help in time of need. But if you have not been merciful, it's hard to go boldly to the throne of grace. And it's hard to have grace. All these things are connected. You can't rejoice over somebody's problem. That's not Christian. Nobody sees it, he sees it. And when you need mercy... It's not there. And the grace of God will let you know you haven't been nice lately. You need to change. That's the way God is. We obtain mercy from the throne of grace and we'll find grace to help in time of need. Good. I got time. Amen. I want to go to the foundation of a pure heart. A pure heart. He says, blessed, that's in verse 8, of Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's a serious foundation here. First thing I want you to notice, notice he didn't say blessed are the pure. He said blessed are the pure in heart. Pure in heart, that's holiness. Holiness, that's not perfection. But holiness means God's number one in your heart because you've now realized that in the first place, I need God. They are all connected. It begins from the first place where, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now you are getting to the place where you are wanting more. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. You are wanting more of God. And you are wanting to meet God. Because all of these things are working in your life, then there is light inside of you. And where there is light, there is no darkness. What's the purpose of seeing God when the scripture says, if you see God face to face, you die? Is that not what the Bible tells us? If you see God, why are you blessed, if you have a pure heart, to see God? How can that be a blessing if you die? But what he's talking about is, when you see God face to face, selfishness will die. The flesh will die. Greed will die. Hatred will die. I mean, anger will die. When you see God, all of those things die. So, you are pure in heart because you are seeking after God. Your motives are right. You're doing everything right. You're drawing closer to God. You want God in your life. If you are in darkness, you may not be able to see. You think you're really Okay. But when you turn on the light and you look in the mirror, oh boy, I'm glad I didn't go out this way. You start uh, rearranging stuff. When you go near the light, and you begin to see God, because your heart is pure and God can come in there and walk with you, you go closer to the light, you begin to see things that you don't like because He doesn't like it. And then you begin to rearrange things in your life and you're blessed. You're blessed. Isaiah was a prophet. You know that. He was already a prophet. He was already prophesying. One of the great, greatest prophets in the Old Testament. But he said, "I saw the Lord." You remember? I saw the Lord. How come a prophet? He never saw God before. He was a prophet of the Old Testament, right? And God says, "If you see my face, you die." And yet he said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. In other words, he saw God's holiness. And when you see God's holiness, you begin to see yourself and you want to change. You don't want to be the same anymore. You want something to change. I mean, this man was desperate. He started crying out to God. Woe is me, he said. Woe is me. And because I'm undone. And guess what? Not just me. All of us. We're all undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and all of them have unclean lips. Every one of them. We're all together in this. Not, they were not crying for help because they haven't seen Him. But when He saw Him, He knew He needed to be changed. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Not perfect, they need God. But when you see Him, it transforms you. So you become what God wants you to be. His perfect will for your life. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. He cried out. You can read that in Isaiah chapter 6. From five, verse 5 through 8. He cried out to God. I needed that. When you see God. The flesh that. Let me give you another scripture. Romans chapter 8 verse 10. Tells us. If, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. And the spirit is life because of righteousness. In other words, when you see God, your flesh begins to die, and then you just your spirit begins to grow up. You remember, at the garden, God has said to Adam and, Adam and Eve, I believe both of them, the day you eat of this fruit, you will surely... Die. But the, earth, hmm, the devil said to them, You will not surely die. He's still lying to many of us today. We ignore what God has said and say, Well, I, I know the scripture says that, uh, but you know, uh, we have to use common sense. Well, your common sense is going to destroy you. And true common sense is not common. Real common sense means stay with what God says. That's real common sense. His ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When you think that's good, don't go there. Go with what the book says. Don't rely on your common sense. You'll destroy yourself. (coughs) Amen. If you're not excited, I am. Depend on God. Let him take care, full control of your life. Let him deal with you. To have that pure heart before him. He said to Adam, you eat this fruit, you surely die. But they ate. They <laughs> said, you see, God lied to us. We are still alive. <laughs> well, they died on that day. And look at where we are today. All the chaos in the, in the, in, in, in the world. And God, Jesus has warned us, before the end comes, there's going to be a lot of trouble in the world. Just uh, last week, I was up, this uh, yesterday or so, we were up north uh, around the Dallas area. Many of you heard about the earthquake. Jesus said, you know, there'll be earthquake all over the place. And I was sleeping, and the, the bed was shaking a little bit. And I had opened my eyes, and said, Angela, stop shaking the bed, you know. But when I opened my eyes, I talked to her and she was sound asleep. And I started wondering, what's moving the room? Something is not right. I'm glad it was after I woke up. Everyone around was telling us uh, the earthquake, you know, it shook this place. I went to Walmart. They were telling me, the lady said, oh, that thing was shaking. I said, wow. I'm glad I didn't know it was earthquake. I would have called Angela. We're going out right now. <laughs> we're out of this building. And, uh, you know, but thank God, I, I just turned around and I said something is crazy and I went to sleep. You know? <laughs> but God has told us. So now, after they sinned, the spirit that was in them that had full charge, because they were made in the image of God, now died and the flesh took over. The flesh took over. Now the flesh dictated. Everything he wanted, more pies, <laughs> a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> All the tasty stuff, you know, it's just good. And the flesh wants it. And the body, their spirit is saying, that's not good for you. And the flesh says, be quiet. <laughs> it's good for us. But when you draw near God, the spirit comes back alive. Like it should be when God created the spirit. And then the spirit begins to have dominion over the flesh. By and by. From glory to glory. Till that's no longer part of your life. Let me say this. What you see is what you get. i like you to, I don't want to go to that scripture this morning, but read in um, Isaiah 29, verse 11. It talks about all of the vision, they're sealed in the book. Your destiny is sealed in the book. He says in that scripture, give it to a literate man. He says, I cannot read it because it is sealed. Give it to an illiterate man. He says, I cannot read it because I'm illiterate. He takes only this spirit to understand what is in the sealed book. Your life, your destiny, is sealed in the book. And if you receive the book, Your life is transformed. And you don't have anything to fear. My wife and I said, God has made a promise. He's made up. But we will not suffer disgrace or shame. I stay with God's word. Not what I say with my eyes. God is giving us His word. God said to Abraham, after Lot left, He said, Now, lift up your eyes. And look, and some preacher said, I wish we had helicopters in those days. And we would have taken Abraham way up in the sky so he can see as far, not just Canaan land. Because said, everything you see with your eyes, I'll give to you. When you see God, your life is transformed. There's a scripture in First John chapter 3. Verse 2 and 3. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. The world cannot see what's inside of us. Amen? If they can see what's inside of us, they'll all be knocking down those doors to come to church. They want it. He's said in his earthen vessel. They can't see it. He says, John tells us here, it's not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like, what? Him. Why? I always say, I change that word for to because. Because we shall see Him as He is. We shall see Him as He is. That's when we'll become just like Him. We don't have to wait until then because He's already told us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And when you see God, your life is transformed. When you see God out of the sealed book, your life is transformed. If you see God out of the sealed book in the area of finances, your life is transformed. If you see God out of the sealed book, in the area of marriage your life is transformed salvation your life is transformed healing your life is transformed all in this book all in this book this is the map for living the road map to life to have a good life in this world i want to see him isaiah saw him became one of the greatest prophets in the old testament Because he said, I saw the Lord. His life was transformed. Somebody preached and said, if you see Jesus, your life would never be the same. Everything is transformed. So I want to see him. There used to be a song, oh, I want to see him. Look up, look upon his face. I want to see him. See him. But you can't see him until your motives are right, your heart's pure. Towards God. And then you can see Him. And when you see Him, your life is is destroyed (laughs) uh, to be put back together. The old life is destroyed, and the new comes in. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, all things become new. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. She knows that scripture. And it's so true. That's the God we serve. And He is here today for us. Amen? Yes. The Bible is clear. God demands holiness from His children, He demands holiness from us. It tells us in the scriptures. Holiness doesn't mean you're never ever going to sin. However, it means God's number one in your life and you hate sin. And if it gets in your life, you want to reverse it. You cry out for reversal. You don't stay there and justify it and say it doesn't matter. Yes, it matters, it's going to destroy you. And the father hates it. I want it out of my life so that I can see God. Amen? If you justify it, your heart is not pure. And if your heart's not pure, you can't see God. No transformation is coming your way. But if you look at God, it, the Bible says, all of us with open face will look at the mirror. Amen? The Word of God. We have been transformed from glory to glory. It's what will do that for us. Amen? That's what we want. Bow your heads with me this morning. It takes Humility. You know, for me, I've received Christ many years now. I still cry out to Him because I don't know tomorrow. The Bible says what I commit to Him, He is able to keep until that day. And so I'm telling God constantly, "I want to, when it's all over, it wasn't about preaching, it wasn't about building a church, it wasn't about any of that. I just want to be with you forever and ever. That's number one for me. I want to be with Jesus. When it's all over, I just want to be with Him. That's what's important to me. Nothing else matters. I want to be with Him. And I believe that's your portion tonight, this morning. That's what your heart's desire as well. That's what you want from God. And I pray that God will give you the grace to want that from God. To want a pure heart. Before God today. Because that means. When you have a pure heart. The keys of the kingdom will be delivered to you. When your heart is pure. And you see God. And you are transformed to be just like him. Then you have the keys to the kingdom. And you can open. You can shut. You can bind whatever you will. According to the scriptures. Bow your heads with me today. Maybe you are here today. And you say look. Pastor, I really don't know God. I want to truly know Him. I want to hear His voice. I want Him to speak to me somehow. If that's you today, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and we'll pray. Lift your hands up quickly and put it down. But also, I want to address those that have received Christ in the past. But maybe you are not walking with Him and you know that you are not walking with Him the way you should. But today you're saying, God, if you have help me, I want to walk closer with uh, my God. If that's you also, I need you to put up your hand quickly and put it right back at the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, what a glorious time to be in your presence, Lord God. We know you here today. I want everyone to say this prayer with me. God, here am I. I need you to come into my life to transform my life. Lord Jesus, I open up my heart. Take over. Take over my life transform my life i want to be like jesus thank you lord in jesus name amen